Hello and welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, national NBA writer for the Washington Post. And today I'm really happy to be joined by uh, Keith Pompey, the excellent Sixers beat writer for the Philly Inquirer. But I'm going to bring in Keith in a minute. Uh, I just wanted to address uh, briefly why there hasn't been a podcast for a while. Um, I've gotten a lot of nice notes from people um, asking where it's been the last couple weeks. Uh, which I've which has meant a lot, and I've appreciated it. Uh, we had a, some technical issues uh, for a few days, just trying to get um, some server stuff taken care of. And then, frankly, I've been sick as as all get out for about a week, um, and I don't think anybody wanted to listen to me uh, on my deathbed trying to do a podcast. Um, but I'm happy to report that I'm feeling much better now. And since this is a, a one-man operation here at the uh, the Posting Up podcast, uh, when I'm out of commission, the podcast is out of commission. But um, got a really good podcast today um, with Keith. I uh, just recorded it. Um, so you'll be able to, to catch him on everything that's going on with the Sixers, which have obviously been you know one of the more interesting uh, teams in the NBA uh, recently. Um you know, given everything that's happened over the last couple of years, and then specifically this season between uh, bringing in Jerry Colangelo and Algernon Okafor being hurt, so um, so that should be a fun listen. So uh, glad to be back. We're going to have some uh, NCAA tournament uh, podcast uh, stuff next week, which should be fun. And uh, you know, as as we go through the the moratorium or the the postmortem series, I should say, um, at the Washington Post. Um, the Sixers were the first team, so we've got Keith on to talk about them. Uh, the Lakers uh, were the next team to run in the series. They actually That story just ran today, which is Friday. Um, so I'm going to have somebody on to talk about the Lakers next week. And as, as we knock off each of these teams, as they go out of the – they get eliminated from contending for the playoffs, we're going to have somebody on to talk about their team. So um, should be should be a fun few weeks here going into the playoffs, and then you know we'll be fully ramped up and ready to go then. So – uh, I just wanted to, to explain why the podcast hasn't been around for everybody, and I wanted to thank you all for your patience and for listening. Uh, it means a lot, and uh, hopefully from now on there won't be, you know, just be a couple days in between episodes as opposed to a longer period than that. So thanks again for being patient, and with that, let's get to Keith. Keith, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Um, for those of you that don't know, you should. Keith does an amazing job covering the Sixers, um, so be sure to... Track him down on Twitter. I believe it's uh, was it Pompey on Sixers? Is that your? Is that your... Yeah, Pompey on Sixers. That's uh, it's Keith's killing it. Has been since he started doing covering the Sixers, which has been a a really strange uh, team to be around the last couple of years. Um, most recently, I guess with this stuff going on with Jaleel Okafor, um, with his knee. Um, I, I imagine there's a lot of people who lately haven't been paying a lot of attention to the Sixers now that, you know, they're just headed towards another season where they're going to be at the bottom of the standings. But can you can you kind of run everybody through what's going on within the last couple of weeks with this health situation and, and kind of where things stand now? Um, yeah, it's a little crazy. I mean, he, he bumped knees on February, I believe it was February 28th. He and uh, one of his teammates bumped knees in the fourth quarter. That's but the Sixers, the injury report said that he had a, a sore right shin, even though he bumped knees. And then come to find out, you know, you keep asking questions that he's missed five games. But now they're saying that it is his knee, is not his shin. But like they said the shin was sore, 
But now the reason why he's not playing is because of his knee. I don't believe that he'll play anytime soon um, for two reasons. I think that the knee is, is worse off than what the Sixers are, are, are willing to say. And, and, and secondly, the Sixers are extremely costly. Like even if he would have just fell on the knee, they would probably say, hey, he's going to miss three games. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think there's a chance that we may we may see him like the latter part of, you know, the regular season, maybe the final week. But, I, I you know, I, I don't expect to see him anytime soon. And and that's kind of, Keith, a, a fitting end to what's been a really strange season for this guy. I mean, you go back, you know, 16, 17 months ago, and Julio Okafor, for four years before that, basically, was considered to be a lock to be the top pick in the 2015 draft. Here's a kid, you know, 6'11", great post work, um, really skilled score with both hands. You know, he helps lead Duke to a national championship last year. Um, you know, then comes into the draft process, gets picked third by the Sixers, who already have a couple other big guys. And, you know, you you really documented, you know, better than anybody a lot of the off-the-court issues he had back, you know, especially, you know, back in September and October with, you know, the speeding ticket he got going 108 on the Ben Franklin Bridge and, uh, you know, the the fight he got in or the, you know, got held up at gunpoint, I think, at one point. Um, you know, what what is this, what have these last few months been like for him and where, you know, where do you see him fitting in moving forward on this Philadelphia team, especially considering, you know, they've got, you know, Joel Embiid and Dario Sarge, two more bigs who they hope will be playing for them next year. Embiid's been hurt and Sarge has been over in Europe playing. And they obviously have Nerlens Noel who's on the court now. So, um, you know, given everything that's happened and, and kind of the, the way this season is ending, what, what do you see as, as the, the situation for Julio for moving forward with Philadelphia? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation for Joel. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, the way the team is currently constructed, um, you know, with the, you know, they they have a lot of players. And let's not get it twisted. Mm-hmm. A lot of these players on this team will not be here moving forward. However, I do think if, if Joel, for Joel MB, excuse me, Jalil Okafor, we can talk about this, <laughs> with, with, with Jalil, Jalil Okafor to be uh, successful here in Philadelphia, I think that they'll they'll have to do a complete overhaul in the type of players that they bring in here. I mean, you know, he's kind of like a half court guy. Um, Set, you know, they like to run up tempo. They like to uh, do a lot of pick and rolls to the basket. And it's funny, like he's an old school guy where he gets the ball in the post. He looks, he tries to get his shot. If he doesn't get the shot, he's the type of guy who you have to have a lot of shooters around so they can stick the open jumper. You know, his his style just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. Now, I know that sounds hard for people to say when you see that he scores a lot of points and he does things, but he just doesn't have the defense that they that they want in order for them to uh, excel. Not saying that they gave up totally on him, but I just think that that's the reason why we've heard all these these trade talks and everything about him because. They know he's going to be a solid player, a good player, may even be an all-star years down the road. It's just that with this current group that they have, 
he doesn't fit and they will have to change everything for him. Um, in, in regards to, uh, I, I think the question is a lot of people, and the reason why they have to change is you have a guy like Nerlens Noel, mm-hmm. who's, you know, probably of the three mm-hmm. centers that they have, he has the, uh, he's probably the worst offensively. But what he does is defensively, he's a solid rim protector. He runs the floor well, better than the other two. And, and, and he's a rebounder. So it's one of those things is if you give him a couple lobs, he gets healthy. They also believe that Noel could probably fit in well with Joel Embiid. They don't think that Embiid and Okafor will mesh together. So that's the reason why you hear a lot of things about him, um, you know, possibly being the one that's going to get traded. Um, in regards to his rookie year, I mean, it was funny. On draft night, he said that he got a call from MB, Joel MB, and the night before saying that you're going to be a 76 in the text. And he said he cursed him. And you can, or he jinxed him. And you can say that this season was kind of like a jinx. And the reason why I'm saying that is, you know, from the preseason, he had knee injuries, knee problems, soreness in his knee. Then he gets involved in all the off-the-court situations. Then all of a sudden, he sees his minutes being limited in in the second half of games. And when that happens, the Sixers start winning games. It's crazy. Then he comes back. He bumps knees. And now he's missed the last five games. And we're wondering, when is he going to get back on the court? So as good as he is, the guy didn't want to come to Philadelphia in the first place. But as good as he is, you can say that this was like a jank season for for a guy who was projected to go first overall a year ago. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy. And you make a great point, Keith. You know, watching watching Jaleel play, he's a guy that if he had been drafted 15 years ago, he would have been a, a megastar, right? Like, he's a guy mm-hmm. that if you go back to, like, around 2000 or in the late 90s, like, he's the exactly the kind of big guy – all kinds of teams are looking for a guy who could throw the ball in the post, could, could score on anybody, could score on guys now, like good defenders now can score inside. Um, but to your point, you know, he does struggle on defense and he doesn't do, you know, he isn't a guy that can really get up and down a court. He doesn't do a lot of the stuff that teams are looking for now um, in a big guy. And it does, it does leave Philadelphia in, in a weird spot with him. Um, and, and frankly, this is a franchise you know, as as you and I both know, is in a weird spot for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, this was a team for the last two years that was all about the process and trust the process under Sam Hinkie as general manager, um, you know, tearing this roster down to the studs and trying to rebuild through the draft. Well, then back in December, you know, ownership decides to bring in Jerry Colangelo to be you know, the guy in charge of basketball operations, whether they want to admit that he's officially in charge of basketball operations or not. And then you and I were standing with Jerry at All-Star Weekend, and he just goes, yeah, well, we might bring in some more people into our front office this offseason, which, you know, you wrote about and obviously has led to further speculation that um, Sam, Sam Hickey may or may not still be around or may or may not be you know, in nearly the same level of authority that he is now. So, you know, as as we move into the, you know, the offseason with this team, where do you, from your reporting and kind of being around the situation, where where do you think that stands right now in terms of, you know, 
where where Sam sits within the organization and 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 what what might happen there going forward because really you know that's probably the biggest thing right now that needs to be answered about the Sixers I would say going into this offseason after um you know they clearly showed faith in Brett Brown giving him a contract extension you know the 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 other question left to me now is is what happens with Sam yeah, and, and that's funny. And I, I think exactly like, you know, going back to what Jerry told us, I think that they are going to bring other people in. You know, Sam is, is, is good in, in regards to, um, you know, manipulating the salary cap and, and, and doing a lot of other things like that, financially acquiring assets. But I, I do believe that they're going to bring in a more of a basketball mind. Now, again, you know, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, okay, Sam Hinkie is, is definitely out of here. You know, he may not be out of here as we think. I just think that when it comes down to making basketball decisions, he's not going to be the one doing that moving forward. Now, how much power is he going to have is is going to be hard to determine. But, you know, I do not think that when they go out there and they're going to evaluate talent that he's going to be there. See, the thing about, um, you know, be there and maybe in that capacity making the final decision. Right. The thing about the Sixers is if you look in their front office, they have one guy, one guy, a guy by the name of Brandon Williams in the front office who played in the NBA, who actually played any type of ball, like, you know, college and, and, and professional. And Brandon's and in Brandon charge of their D-League team, right, Keith? Yeah, in charge of the D-League right. team. You know, he had a cup of coffee with the Spurs. You know, he played with the Denver Nuggets for a little bit. Um, but for the most part, he was like one of those, you know, he, he, he played pros, but he was, you know, he was like, he, he was the equivalent of the end of the bench type of guy who, who may have right now, he would probably be in the, in the D league, you know, be a D league caller, but he did play with the Spurs. Um, he's the only one, you know, other than that, you have Sam, you know, Sam played high school ball. He's a little bit more athletic than when people want to give him credit for it. But he did play high school ball, but they don't have, you know, the front office where you have, you know, athletes, former athletes playing, former professional athletes or college athletes playing. So I think that will bring in more of, of, of those type of people. Um, and if you look at it, you know, you can make a case that they're starting to restructure the front office now because before, you know, Brandon Williams' title was he was – you know, the D-League general manager, and he was uh, one of the assistant general managers. Well, now they named him the chief of staff. So basically, a lot of people are trying to say, well, what does that mean? And so to me personally, it means like they're starting to reshuffle things, you know, get people in, in different positions where they're, you know, basically good at, and then they'll bring in other folks. So it's starting. But it, I don't believe that one, I, I believe that They'll have more people in place, more basketball minds heading into the draft. And and so and and not to try to pin you down, but it, do you do you think you know gut feeling? Do you think that Sam Hinkie is part of the organization on draft night, or do you think that he's he's found another place to land? I think he is. It's, it's kind of hard to pin down because you know I think right now I think every they're evaluating a lot of things. Um, you know, it's it, it tough. Like, I don't think that, just put it this way, I don't think that Hinky will probably have as much power come draft night that he does right now. Right. I mean, I don't. 
you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you know, you, you know, Colangelo, Jerry Colangelo, a lot of people who, you know, this guy that wouldn't have taken this job if he doesn't have complete control and, and, and complete power. Um, that's just, I, I'm not saying he's an egomaniac or anything like that. He's a very nice guy, but you know, he's, he's sticking his neck out on the line and you best believe that he's going to make awfully make, you know, make the most decisions. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, he has Dean Tony here. You know, he has, like, he brought in his guys like Elton Brand, all these guys. I mean, they're helpful, but you have to believe that Dean Tony is basically the eyes and ears. And the thing is, a lot of people were writing that Colangelo, you know, oh, he's back in Phoenix. But it seems like every three weeks you see this man and he's out here, you know, having <laughs> meetings and, yeah. and doing stuff. So he, he's more visible than people think. So, you know, and he go, and a lot of times he'll fly to New York, he'll spend time with the owners, and then he comes to Philly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think they're just riding this season out. And once the off season um, begins, that's when we'll see a lot of changes, like the, like the third week in April going into May. Yep, I agree. And look, Keith, I mean, you, you said it. I mean, look, Jerry Colangelo got named the chairman of basketball operations with the Sixers. Why did he get named that? Because they had to come up with some title that had a higher title than Sam Hinkie's, uh, who was already the president of basketball operations. So, like, for everybody in Philadelphia who sat on the stage, you know, and him and him and Josh Harris and Hinkie were sitting there back in December, and, you know, those guys kept saying, well, you know, we're going to discuss things, and then Sam will have final call. Like, no, Sam's not going to have final call and stuff. Jerry Colangelo... To your point, this guy's been around the NBA for 50 years. He wasn't going to come in and and get something, be like, oh, I'm just going to kind of tell you what I think you might think about doing and then let you decide. I mean, he, he came in here clearly with the with the mindset of being the guy who who is in charge. And I, I agree with you. I think that. I think that that that's the way things are going to go. And the, the ironic thing about it, too, Keith, is that. You look at the Sixers now, right, and really all of Hinky's plans might actually really start to come to fruition this year. Um, you know, if he had made it another six months, you know, it might have all worked out for him because the Sixers, you know, are on pace to have a guaranteed top four pick. Um, if the Lakers pick doesn't land inside of the um, the top three, they get that, which means they could have two top five picks. They're going to get the Heat's first-round pick, almost certainly. Um, I think they've got one more pick coming from the Thunder. So they're going to have four first-round picks. They could have Dario Saric over next year. Um, they could have Embiid, Joel Embiid finally healthy. Um, so they could potentially have eight first-round picks on the roster next year um, and a ton of cap space. So, you know, is it is it crazy to think that, that six months from now the – Philadelphia 76ers could look like a radically different team and one that that people, you know, after a couple of years of going, what the heck is going on in Philadelphia might actually have a lot of reasons to be excited about? Um, excitement in regards to maybe uh, basing stuff on potential. Well, just like real it, players on the court instead of just yeah, like, oh, we've got players, six picks out, you, know, you know? Yeah, real players on the court, but um, they're just still going to struggle. I mean, if you see, because this is what you do. You base this off of, let's look at the uh, the Timberwolves, for instance. Okay, they have, you know, two first overall picks on the roster. 
You know, they have a, a couple other young guys, you know, mixed in with some veterans. And they're, what, the fifth worst team in the league? Yep. Um, you know, you look at you look at the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, there's some excitement there. They're still struggling. You know, you, you, uh, another, another great one, example is uh, the Indiana – not the Indiana, the, um, the Orlando Magic. Right. You know, here's a team that has young talent, and they're going to struggle. The thing is, what the Sixers really need to do is it's great to have all these drastics, and you can say all that, but you need some veterans. I mean, you need veterans. You need some veterans who can come in, veteran free agents who can come in and, and help uplift the program quicker than these than it will be for these draft picks. Because, see, the problem that the Sixers have to deal with is, like, right now they're getting these guys, and these guys are dealing with these these whippings and all these losses and, and, and being the, 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 the laughing stock of the league. And then they talk to their friends, and their friends are, are guys, you know, at other teams and other organizations. And they see, like, the grass is greener on the other side. Right. They have to be fearful of when these guys can become, you know, unrestricted free agents, that they're not They're going to say, look, I'm fed up with this process. You know, I've been, I lost 162 games in three years. I think it's time for me to go somewhere else. That's the one thing that they're going to have to deal with. But, again, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, the problem with the NBA draft is that a lot of these guys that they're going to get, you know, they're not like they're, they're, they're going to be great draft pro, um, prospects, so to speak, but they're going to be raw. Like you look at, a, let's say, a Brandon Ingram at, at Duke. You know, they're saying, okay, he's, he's great, but he's a couple years away. He needs to gain weight. Right. You know, you say Ben Simmons, he's a great player, but he, he, needs, to, he needs to work on his shot selection. So these things aren't going to come overnight. So whereas they're going to be, they're going to be optimistic, yes, they're still going to, like, hover around 20-something wins. No, that's true. <laughs> I guess what I meant, though, Keith, was that, like, I mean, you know this better than anybody, right? I mean, you've, you've mm-hmm. done a hell of a job covering this team the last couple of years, but, I mean, you and I have talked multiple times in January, February, and you're just, like, banging your head against the wall going, what what am I going to write about with this team <laughs> where, you know, this team is 8-50 and 50 and there's three guys to write about? You know what I mean? True. And, like, the, the, the more what I – and I, you're 100% right. Like, they, they, have, they have gone so far the uh-huh. other way that you have to start building up but I guess more of my point was that, like, let's say they get, let's say they get the Laker pick, okay, and let's mm-hmm. say they end up with Chris Dunn, and we'll just say, we'll just say they get Ben Simmons. Let's say they finally win a lottery. So you get Ben Simmons, you get Chris Dunn, and you get, you know, your other couple late first round picks, and you know when Colangelo brings in some front office executive this summer, they go out and they sign a couple guys, you know, mid tier guys. Um, just to get some veterans in there to, to help with things. Like, all of a sudden, if you've got those guys all there and Saric over, and if Embiid can give you any, like, if he can even play, um, even want to leave him out, let's just say he never plays. Let's say Saric comes over and you've got Okafer and Noel. Isn't there at least from the standpoint of fans and from you and the other people covering that team that isn't it at least that there's stuff to watch on the court 
And True. instead of instead of just waiting for, all right, well, we rolled this over for another year. We got to wait another year for all these picks. Like at least then you could start to evaluate what's actually on the court in front of you instead of being told, well, you got to wait another eight months for when we have a draft pick, and then you can start to look at things. I just feel like even that would make a big difference in Philly and, and kind of lead for for people to finally have something to kind of really hold on to and be like, all right, you know, this core group is at least the group that we have going forward that we can get excited about. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree 100%. I mean, you really start to say we have a team now. You know, we we have a team that we can build with. You know, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, they'll, they'll have all the, 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 the core pieces, so to speak, in place. And then all they have to do is, from that point, just fill it, plug in the holes. But yeah, yeah, you're right. From from that standpoint, the people will be, you know, happy because right now, you know, there's only heck, they have three centers and and you only expect two of them to stay. Outside of that, you don't know who what what the Sixers had. Right. No, and it's it's been a you know, it's been tough. I mean, you know, it, it's it it's been tough for to to see everything that team has gone through, you know, and and on the one hand, I can kind of, you know, and I've said this publicly, I can kind of understand what Hinky was doing, um, and, you know, in that the best chance for them to get a superstar was to draft one, and so they've tried to go about the, the maximize their ability to draft one, but when you do it the way that they've done it, you know, the, the problem is if it doesn't work, then you have egg on your face, and that that's kind of been you know, through a variety of situations, whether it's injury luck or, you know, just not winning the lottery the last couple of years. I mean, they just haven't, they just haven't quite had things work out. Now, um, as far as everybody else goes on the roster, I mean, you, you know, you've kind of rightly said most of these guys aren't going to be back, which I think is true. But outside of Noel and Okafer on the roster, um, how many of these guys do you think are guys that can be pieces for the Sixers, you know, as part of that group moving forward after this year, you know, assuming they do start to bring in these other picks and they do have the cap room to get guys and they get Sarge and those guys like, you know, who of these guys that are on the team now do you think could possibly be part of a Sixers team that's successful in a couple of years? You know, uh, man, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I, definitely, I would say Jeremy Grant. Um, I think that they like him a lot. Um, and, and even with it, I just said definitely, but then you say, okay, what if Dario comes over? I don't see Dario as a star, unfortunately, you know, for, unfortunately for him. So what does that do for Jeremy Grant if they play the same position? You know, um, I, I think, you know, Ish is crazy because you, you would assume that Ish Smith would have been one of the keepers. And then next thing you know, they're trying to trade him to Atlanta. Um, but, you know, you would think that Ish Smith, you know, the problem with Ish Smith is he wants to start, and I understand that. And he's proven, you know, in the right situation that he can possibly, you know, get get a lot of money, you know, to be a starter. But if the Sixers get a Chris Dunn, you know, do they have room for Ish Smith, you know, and, um, I mean, do they want to pay him, you know, quality backup money, you know? But I think that those two guys, Jeremy Grant and Ish Smith, have, have proven that they, they're deserving of coming back. Now, here's another guy who I like, and, and some people may say, 
you know, what are you talking about? I like T.J. McConnell as a third <laughs> point guard. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's funny, man. Like, you know, we're talking about, um, we're talking about Jalil Okafor. We're talking about Nerland, all these other guys who was hurt. But T.J. busted up his shin, right? He gets this thing taped up and he returns into the game. Like a month later, they made him sit down because they're like, look, dude, you're wearing yourself out. You just got to take a break. I mean, he had a huge gash. And he's proven that, no, is he a starter in this league? No. But he's a guy who can come in and give you a couple minutes. You know what I mean? He, he's improved um, drastically since Ish Smith has been there because, you know, he's learning from Ish. So I think he's a keeper. You know, it's funny. One guy who, a, a, you know, a guy who went to St. John's who's now playing with Denver, I thought he was going to be a keeper. But they traded him thinking they were going to get him back. I mean, excuse me, they cut him hoping that they would get him back after he cleared waivers. Right, Jakar Jakar Sampson, right? Yeah, Yeah, Jakar Sampson. So I I would have to say that those three guys, now, um, Rashawn Holmes will be under contract. But the problem with me is they have so many power forward slash centers. You know, with Dario, MB, Noel, you know, you're talking Jeremy Grant. You know, it's like, how many of these guys are you going to have and how many guys are, are, I mean, are you going to keep? You can't keep all of them, so someone has to go. And, um, you know, Rashawn Holmes, you know, they say they like him a lot, but, you know, is he is he better than Dario? Is he better right. than Jeremy Grant? Right. You know, and, and I think he could become a casualty because of that. All right, so let me let me get you out of here. I know you got to get going pretty soon. So um, you, we've kind of talked about it a few different times here, but you look at the situation that the Sixers are in, and you know we keep talking about they have three centers. They have Noel, they have Okafor, they have Embiid. You know, at, at least for now, it seems like Embiid may be healthy for next season. You know, that's obviously a huge question. Um, but let's pretend for now that he looks like he's going to be healthy. What are the chances, in your opinion, that all three of those guys are on the roster next fall? And if one of them isn't, who isn't? You know what? Before this injury, before this injury, I would have to say that if the, the person who was going to go would have been um, Okafor, because you know you're looking at his stats and you're seeing it, seeing how you know how good he how, how good he's been playing. I, I would think that teams would say, you know, let's take a look at him and, and try to see if he could work out for us. But you know, with the injury, I think like teams are going to have to take you know, a, a hard look at his medical history, um, see what's really going on with his knee. But if, you know, if everybody was healthy, I think he would be the one to go. Because I don't think that he, and I could be wrong, but I think that he will have a tough time playing with MB because I think they both need the ball. And I don't think that either one of them can slide out to the perimeter and, and, and defend. No, I agree. Well, look, he can't play with Nerlens, right? And Ner- like you said, Nerlens yeah. doesn't need the ball. Yep, exactly. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. You know, I think that, you know, he has to go somewhere, you know, where 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 he, he can become the focal point. And and it's not a knock against him. I mean, that's just his game. He's a scorer. I mean, you know, he, he gets the ball and he's on the block. He makes great moves, but he's a scorer. And in, and it's like, you know, you remember how like when Allen Iverson and the Sixers went to the championship sure. that year? Sure. Where they where they built the, the team was built around AI 
where everyone else were like role players and stuff like that. I think that's the type of team that Okafor has to be on in order for them, in order for it, that team to be successful. And the only problem is he probably isn't quite as good as AI. <laughs> Probably, exactly. but no, exactly. but that's that's a great that's a great comparison, and a great point. So, Keith, um, I'll let you run. This has been great. Thank you. Um, before you go, though, uh, please, uh, you know, plug your Twitter handle again and plug any other work you've got you've got going on right now. And you guys can follow me on Twitter to get the latest um, Sixers uh, information on on at, at Pompey on Sixers. And you can also go to Philly.com and, and, and read my Sixers Now blog. It's updated on the sales space. Yeah, please do. Keith, like I like I said, the the Sixers have been an impossible team to cover on a variety of levels the last couple of years, and Keith has really killed it. Um, so if you follow the NBA and you care at all about it, you should definitely be following his stuff. So, um, so, Keith, thanks a lot for the time, man, and I'm sure I'll see you sometime soon. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on your podcast. All right, so just some quick housekeeping here before we sign off. Um, you can find the Posting Up podcast on iTunes as well as Stitcher um, and SoundCloud. Uh, you know, anywhere you can check it out there, it'd be great. Um, if you go to iTunes, uh, if you could give us a five star review and a rating, that would be outstanding. Um, really helps uh, with the podcast, both in terms of where it stands on the iTunes chart, so more people see it and. Um, it makes everybody at my office happy, so it'd be great. Um, the music for the podcast is provided by uh, Glenn Yoder in the Western States. Um, Glenn is the uh, sports digital editor at the Washington Post and a good friend of mine, and he has a kick-ass band. So um, it's really cool that they provide the music, so thank you to them. Um, thank You can follow me on uh, Twitter, at Tim Bontemps. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page, um, uh, I think it's facebook.com slash Tim Bontemps MBA. Um, all my articles will be there. All my podcasts are there. Everything else, if you want to have one stop to uh, to get everything, um, you know, please check it out there. Uh, besides that, um, you can find my work at the Washington Post um, and at WashingtonPost.com. And thank you again to my friend Keith Pompey, the excellent Sixers beat writer, for stopping by today. Uh, and thank you to all of you for listening and looking forward to being back again soon.